So, good morning. Um, as uh, Danny said, I'm Jenny Raitt. Um, I work for CVAT. One of the jobs, one of my main role there is to oversee our chaplaincy program. So we are a funding provider for school chaplaincy and um, that's the role that I do. It's a role that I love and um, I think it's a really important ministry that we have an opportunity to be part of. I'm very aware that you have been sitting for a long time and our time is very short, so I'm going to try and fast track what I had to say. But when I first saw that video, it, I immediately connected it with the role of chaplains and of service that we have in our world, particularly with those three lessons that the guy brought out at the end that he learned from all those statistics. The first one, of course, was appreciating diversity. You know, some people... Uh, view this diversity and, and the uh, multiculturalism that we now enjoy in Australia as a negative. Um, they think it's changing things that don't need changing. They talk about the good old days and all that sort of thing. But we should appreciate um, the interest and variety that diversity brings to our community and op the opportunity that is there to learn and to grow. Even if you think of something as basic as food, when I was a child, I don't think we even knew what an avocado was, let alone the diversity of uh, foods that are now available to us. So that's a way that we can um, learn and grow and accept new things. You know, chaplains in their role are required um, through the regulations that surround their job to accept and respect all people, regardless of faith or culture or sexual orientation or any range of diversity that they might face. Um, and they must appreciate the diversity and individuality of each person in the community in which they serve. And it's not only a regulatory requirement, but it's a requirement of our faith, isn't it, that we accept and see everybody as valuable. Um, so my, my area is school chaplaincy, and there are guidelines that surround that job, and it says that they must support students and staff to create an environment of cooperation and mutual respect that all students are supported with respect for their religious beliefs or their lack of religious beliefs. So it has to be all-encompassing. And on the Sports Chaplaincy website, it says, our chaplains are authentic Christian people with a genuine love for Jesus Christ and they serve any person of any faith or worldview. Our chaplains are respectful of all persons, non-judgmental, confidential, caring, always respectful, and so on. So that's... Part of the role of being a chaplain is to accept people in their diversity and work from where they are. Now, this is, doesn't mean that they have to agree with every opinion. It's that they accept that the people themselves are of value and have worth. And they acknowledge that their life experiences and their heritage have created them into the people that they are. And they will support them through whatever circumstances they're facing. A lot of those differences that we see in our world are not necessarily right and wrong. They're just different. David and I moved to America um, for 10 years in our role with Youth for Christ and we discovered a lot of things there that are different to the way that we do things here in Australia. Little things like the time that we eat lunch. So over in America, it's not unusual to have lunch at 11.30 or maybe earlier. And so when we first moved there, David said to the staff, I want us all to have lunch together so, you know, we can have a bit of a fellowship time and all that sort of thing, and we'll meet at 12.30. Well, unbeknownst to us, that was 
So late for them. And we discovered that some of the staff were sneaking into the kitchen at 11.30 to have a snack because they couldn't possibly wait till 12.30 to have lunch. And we thought, that's crazy, that's just wrong. But of course we got to understand it's not wrong, it's just different. And so then we compromised and we all had lunch at 12. But um, just little things like that, we have to get past this thing that the way we do things is right and everybody else is wrong and learn and grow through the diversity that we come across. So we believe that chaplains see people through God's eyes, as people he loves who need to experience his love and grace as we all do. And God's grace is available to all. There's nobody who's outside the circle of God's love and care. And we know that um, Jesus, when he died on the cross, he paid the price for the sins of the whole world, not just for those in the church. Everyone is included. 1 John 2 tells us we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, but not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. And so chaplains have the opportunity to be Jesus in their community organisation, demonstrating his love and acceptance of people, his understanding of their circumstances, his comfort in their distress, and his desire to see them flourish into becoming all that God has designed them to be. So that might seem pretty obvious to chaplains, but you know the same applies to all of us who are Jesus followers. We have people in our circle of influence, whether it be at work or school, in our local community or our family or some club or group that we're part of, Wherever we go, we should demonstrate God's grace and care for people. This is often difficult, particularly if people express very different or very combative opinions or make life choices that we consider wrong or dangerous. We want to fix them, we want to help them. But you know, it's not actually our job to change them. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Our task is to represent Jesus and be ready to share the good news of his transforming power when we're given the opportunity. Um, early in our married life, David was pastor at a church in Notting Hill and we, it was a very youth-focused church and there were um, a lot of kids there from very dysfunctional backgrounds with very dangerous life choices that they had made. And uh, we wanted to help them and fix them. And I remember detoxing a girl off drugs in our home one time. I do not recommend that at all. It was a very hard experience um, but you know it was something we felt we needed to do and I'm not saying that was a bad thing it was definitely not but unless there's an internal transformation fixing the external problems is not often going to have a lasting um, significance so we need to introduce them to Jesus and allow Jesus to do the changing in first Peter 3:15, it says always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have but do it with gentleness and respect and Paul goes even further in his letter to the Corinthians when he talks about accepting people where they are he says I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings so we put aside our own prejudices and opinions in order to show God's love and acceptance to those that we encounter, developing a relationship of care and grace so that we can live out the gospel and share the good news when we're given opportunity. I'm not saying this is easy, it can be hard because people's behaviour and language can be very off-putting, but we need to see beyond that surface, see their hearts, see their potential and love them as Jesus does. 
So the second lesson the guy brought out from that video was gratitude, gratitude for what we have. It's easy to take a glass half empty approach and focus on the negative. We're very aware of what is missing, what we wish was different, what's wrong in the world. But it's good to stop and count our blessings, isn't it? Be thankful for what we have. And there is much to be thankful for in this country where we live. I am incredibly grateful for the chaplains that we have. And you heard amazing stories and testimonies this morning about the job that they do and the people that they are. They're committed, they're sacrificial, they're called to serve in their communities. And I'm grateful that in this country we have government funding for school chaplaincy. That's incredible when you think about that, isn't it? People in America can't believe that we have government funding for chaplains in government schools. And thankfully that's going to continue for the next few years. Um, and uh, so that's one thing that I'm very grateful for. I'm grateful for the sports chaplains to volunteer their time and their um, energy to fulfil that role when, it's, when there's no monetary you know, gain or anything for that. It's just because they have such a heart to serve their community. That's an incredible thing. And they've said this morning how desperate they are for more people to do that. Um, I know we've been involved with sports chaplaincy before and there are hundreds and hundreds, that's not an exaggeration, of clubs wanting a chaplain just needing the people to step up and do that. So I wonder what you can give thanks for today because Thessalonians 5 tells us, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you. I read a quote years ago that reminds us how very um, wealthy and grateful we should be in this country. I mean, wealthy we are and grateful we should be in this country. It says, if you have a family that loves you, a few good friends, food on your table and a roof over your head, you are richer than you think. And you saw some of those statistics in the video that reminded us that we actually live in a very wealthy situation here. We're a safe and prosperous country. But that also brings the responsibility to be good stewards of what we have. You know, when we lived in the USA, we discovered that a lot of people can't afford health insurance over there. If you think health insurance is expensive here, whew, move to America and try and get it over there. It's, we paid for a month there what we pay for a year here for health insurance. And so a lot of people just can't afford it. And so they um, don't go to the doctor, they don't get treatment. And so we know of churches who have put up, made, um, put up free medical clinics in their churches. So that we've got doctors and nurses in our churches who could treat people and they've opened their church and given care and uh, medical support to people who need it. That's an incredible way to be thankful for what you have and respond by sharing it with others. And I know down in Devonport in Tasmania, they have a chaplaincy program there that they sort of do it over the whole town, like there's one group that sorts it all out between all the churches and schools. And one way that they've been thankful for what they have and share with their community is they provide driving time for students who want to get their driver's licence. So there's a lot of single mums in the town who don't have the time, they have to work full time, so they don't have time to take their kids out to get that 120 hours of driving experience that they do. So the churches have put together a team of people who will take those kids out driving. Now not only are they helping the kids with that, there's one-on-one -on -one time with a young person where they can develop a relationship and get to know them. So that's a way that they have used what they have and the skills and people that they have to share with their community. So the third lesson was service. Get activated and engaged in serving in the world. Um, sometimes I get questions about the value of school chaplaincy when, as some of them shared, they're actually not allowed to openly share their faith 
or you know, advertise church or anything like that. It has to come from the student. So if the student asks a question, they're certainly able to share their faith and their story, but they must not introduce it themselves. It's part of the regulations. Um, but the message of the gospel is lived out through the care and the influence of the chaplain's presence in that school or in the community group where they are. 2 Corinthians 2 says, God uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. And that sort of permeates through the school community or the group that they're with. And Romans 13 tells us to clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And chaplaincy is sometimes called the ministry of presence. So it's being there, being available and being able to step up when there's a need. I read this um, quote um, from a devotional series that I did a while ago. It says, As citizens of his kingdom, we bring his rule little by little into the world. We incarnate his life into the everyday moments. The banal is imbued with holiness as the breath of God is breathed into the world and all that happens in it through those indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The more we understand this, the more meaningful our lives become. Every moment is a moment of communion. Everything in his kingdom is holy. So that's something that chaplains bring to their community groups and we can all take that on board as well. And St Francis of Assisi, I'm sure you've heard his quote where he said, preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. So this is the role that the chaplains do. And it's also, of course, our role as every believer of Christ. It's to be a servant and to serve our, the people we know in our communities. There are lots of verses about serving in the Bible. And there are many opportunities around us to serve in our local church. You've heard many of them this morning. The fire thing, the um, sports chaplaincy, the coming along to support the mission of efforts of people in your church. All those are ways that you can step up and um, serve in, in your community and have influence even into the world. You know, each of us will be moved by different situations. We can't all do everything, um, but something will touch your heart. So find what that is and then do what you can to help um, to that thing that God puts on your heart. You know, being a servant isn't something that we would aspire to from a human perspective. Nobody wants to take that lowly position. We all enjoy comfort. We all enjoy being looked after. But this is our calling as followers of Jesus, to put others' needs ahead of our own. Jesus said in John 13, And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. When we consider the enormity of the problems around the world, you know, the famine, the war, inequality, illness, poverty, natural disasters, things going on all the time, it can be a bit overwhelming. And it's easy to say, I can't do anything. Sometimes it's helpful to break it down into smaller numbers like that video did when it pulled the population down to just 100 and made it... I can't get part... You know, sometimes your head can't take in all the zeros when they're talking in millions and billions. Um, so that can be helpful to give it a bit of perspective. And um, I know that school chaplains are usually only employed for two days a week. But every school tells me they could have them full-time and still have needs. So that's what Sharon was talking about when she said she feels time poor. There's so little time 
for the amount of need. And I'm sure sports chaplains would say the same thing. Sure, they attend training and they attend the games every week, but they could probably meet with people all week long and still have things to do. The scope of the need can be overwhelming, but we can do something. I'm sure you've heard that story um, of a little boy who was on a beach where there was a whole thousands and thousands of stranded starfish and he was attempting to throw them all back into the sea. And a man comes along and says, the problem is so huge that he won't be able to make a difference. The little boy picks up a starfish, throws it into the sea and says, it made a difference to that one. So who is your that one? Or what situation is your that one that you could speak into today um, with the love of Jesus? Um, I'd love to encourage you to pray for our chaplains and the sports chaplains and anybody that has a service role like that in our community. And perhaps you could pray the words from 2 Thessalonians 1. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honoured because of the way you live. And you will be honoured along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord, Jesus Christ.